Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I'm Sam Prevo. I am a senior editor at Pucker Up Sports. And as usual, I am joined by... I'm Jennifer Molia. I'm a writer at Puck It Up. Oh, no, 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 no. Puck It Up. Let's try that again. I'm Jennifer Molia, and I'm a writer at Pucker Up Sports. That's what I am. Uh, Ariel Melendez, and I am also a writer at Pucker Up Sports. Yay. The gang's all here. So true. Um, so a lot happened this week because it was trade deadline. Yeah. And Vancouver and everything. But we can start. We'll, we'll go chronologically, I guess. <laughs> Um, we'll start with the trade deadline because it wasn't as busy as usual, but we kind of predicted that. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys watched TSN at all, but, uh, I was in school. So I, I right. Right. Did okay, not. Well, so ESPN, because I guess this is part of the new deal with, um, the NHL, they were broad, they were simulcasting TSN's coverage, mm-hmm. uh, which I, which personally I prefer. So I was watching it. Um, I love when they have to kill time, but this year they had to kill a lot of time. A lot, yeah. Um, but I have a list of the trades anyway. Um, most of them came in, like, after the time had gone by. Like, after the deadline, actual deadline had gone by. Yeah, right. most of the deals were definitely, like... Yeah, most of the big ones. Lot. So we know about Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajax, so we could just do, like, the big ones, I guess, or mm-hmm. at least the ones that we have thoughts on. So Brandon Montour went to, like went to florida he was one of the guys that the sabers said they were gonna dump not really surprising yeah i know he's been one of the worst defensemen in the nhl the last three years but i still love him so (laughs) r.i.p um but i hope he does well in florida um i guess this is big for the avalanche because they're like getting every goalie ever they got devin dubnik from the Mm -hmm. sharks yeah that was a big one that's a big one Um, Uh, yeah that one i kind of didn't expect yeah, I didn't expect that either. I'm very happy for them, though, because I think that was, like, one of the things that stopped them because they had – I mean, they would have gone to the finals, I think, if they hadn't – if they had better goaltending and they didn't face mm-hmm. Dallas with Kudobin just absolutely playing out of his mind. Yeah. So that's good for them. Um, the Lightning – I guess this was one of the biggest ones. The Lightning got David Savard and another defenseman in a three-way trade. Those always make my brain hurt. Yeah, so basically what happened was the – so this is how it works. The right. Lightning – so the Blue Jackets traded Savard to the Red Wings, who subsequently mm-hmm. traded him to the Lightning and retained on Savard to help Tampa with the cap. Yeah, I was going to say, I know they're usually for salary, but like when I read yeah. it typed out, I'm like, this does not make sense. <laughs> oh, so I'm wrong. So wait, I'm wrong on the retention. So the So the Blue Jackets retained half when they traded him to the Red Wings, and then the Red Wings retained an additional 25% when they traded him to Tampa. So Tampa's only paying 25% of his contract, and that's how they're able to keep him, to have him and stay under the cap. Okay. Yes. So that's super complicated. Be- the Nick Felino trade was also similar. Um, the Blue Jackets traded Nick Felino to the Sharks while retaining half. The Sharks traded Felino again to the Maple Leafs along with Stefan Nosen. And they they trade they retain twenty five percent of Felino's contract. So the Maple Leafs have to- only have to pay twenty five percent of Felino's contract. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm not seeing it here. Oh, here it is. Uh, Taylor Hall went to Boston. 
yeah. um, with Curtis Lazar yeah. along with Anders Bjork. And then Anders Bjork went the other way and the Sabres are retaining half. Um, we were expecting Hall, Hall to go, so. Yeah, I was a little shocked by him going to Boston, honestly. I don't know if anybody else was surprised by it. I um, don't think I was shocked. I was no, more either. shocked at what he was traded for. Yeah. Buffalo, what, did Buffalo just think that's the best we're going to get? Um. So from what I know of the situation, Hall had a no-move contract. Yeah, so, uh, A no-move clause, I'm sorry. So yeah. basically, he put them in a corner and said, trade me to Boston or I'm not going anywhere. And I guess Boston's, I mean, this Buffalo's logic was let's get something for him instead of nothing. So mm-hmm. I guess that was just when the Bruins, because the deal got done very late at early in the morning on the trade deadline day. So I guess they figured, okay, this is the best we're going to get at this point. Yeah. Let's just accept it. So we get something. Um, that was the vibe I got from Kevin Adams' interview. He said that they were basically backed into a corner by Hall's no-move clause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I've said this before. In a vacuum, this, his signing, signing Taylor Hall along with trading for Eric Stahl were great decisions at the time in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It just, no one expected, even though the Sabres were still bad, no one expected it to be this bad. This bad, exactly. And, yeah. and, up until the, and up until the very end, Taylor Hall... Like, he even still says that he enjoyed his time. But aside from the on-ice stuff, like, the off-ice stuff, he enjoyed playing for the organization and everything. So up until the very end, he was probably willing to maybe stay there, but it was just he wants to win, so. Exactly. Um, So I don't – I as much as we like to make fun of the Sabres and blame them for things, I really don't – I don't – hate the the moves that Kevin Adams is making. He's doing the best he can with a really horrible (laughs) situation. Um, They hired an associate GM – um peter carmanos uh and uh or jason carmanos sorry jason carmanos um and so i think they're headed in the right direction but we'll get we'll talk more about the sabers later yeah um because somehow we always end up talking about them but hopefully we can put them to bed soon yeah so um i'm so i'm gonna bring up this trade because we're gonna talk about him oh when we talk about vancouver but the Canucks traded Adam Gaudet to the Blackhawks for Matthew Highmore. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. Gaudet. I mean, I Gaudet won the Hobie Baker. Yeah, um, I had watched him so. play with what is the Canuck the Utica Comets. I remember when he was yeah. playing with them. I remember like the hype around him being like a big thing, and then I remember like I went to Utica for a game like to see him, and he simply got called up. Um, so this was a rough time for me, um, but I, I remember the hype around him being a lot more like a couple years ago. So when I heard his name come up, I was kind of like, Ooh, like, I feel like we're a couple years late on this. Yeah. But... I think, I think he struggled finding his place, mm-hmm. like his, his role on the team from what I was understanding from yeah. the analysis of his game. Um, and he's definitely a better player than Matthew Highmore, just straight up like pure skill wise. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he finds his niche in Chicago and like figures out like what his role is. Um, but yeah, that's a, we'll get into more about Vancouver's situation for sure. Um, because there's, there's a lot to unpack. There's there. a lot. To talk, there's a lot to unpack there. But yeah. we'll, let's we're still on the we're still talking about the trade deadline. So we'll right. we'll, we'll 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 put that in the back pocket. <laughs> um, Sam Bennett was finally traded from the Flames. Um, 
Which for I feel like pretty... I had heard his name forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted out of Calgary. I think it's kind of the same thing. Like he wasn't, he hadn't really found like a true like identity or a role or anything. Um, even though, he, and like he was a top five pick, if I remember correctly. I think so. Um, so hopefully, like as I know, and he's been a huge playoff performer for Calgary. So the Panthers probably saw that and were like, we'll jump on it and see if we could every NHL GM thinks they can fix every other team's problem players. So <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. But I think the return was basically what we all expected. Maybe some people thought he could have been worth a first, but a, a second round pick in a what seems like a a prospect, Emil Heineman. Heineman? I don't know. Sure. But I'm gonna just let sure. you handle that. Yeah, I'm horrible with the Finnish names. Really bad with the Finnish names. Uh, speaking of Finnish names, uh, Hayden Fleury, the Hurricanes traded him. This was a huge surprise to me, actually. Me too, yeah. Um, he got traded to Anaheim for, I finally know how to say his name because I watched the game the other day, Yanni Hockenpa. There you go. Which sounds like hockey puck, so he is Yanni Hockey Puck. I like him. Um, but hey, I was shocked they traded Hayden. Um, I know that he was getting bottom pair minutes with Jake Bean. And maybe he wanted more. Like I, th- I think the the thread, he, the common thread here is that players want a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he wants you know more of a role in Anaheim. Um, I th- believe he was paired with Kevin Shattenkirk in his first few games with them. Um, but I was just general, genuinely shocked that they would let him go. I'm guessing. I know they really wanted a right-handed defenseman, and Hakenpa is that. Right. Um, and he's a big body that they can use in the playoffs. Um, and they do have a lot of defensive depth. Um, so, I and I don't think, I think they would have left him un- Hayden unprotected in the, expan- in the expansion draft anyway. So maybe this was just so they could get something in return for him. I really don't know. Um, but it was, it was surprising to pretty much everyone on Kane's Twitter uh, when this happened. I don't think really anybody saw this coming, especially like uh, Sarah Sivian. I saw her, she was like saying how the Hurricanes weren't going to do anything on the trade <laughs> deadline day. She's like, I don't really see any trades in there in like coming up. And then boom, <laughs> Hayden Fleury is traded. So Don Waddell is yeah. keeping us on our toes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I felt like he was one of those players. And like, I feel like I say this about way too many players and it's like gen teams make trades, but I, I very much like saw him as a player who is just kind of going to be with the Canes forever. Like I remember him like getting drafted, watching him come up through the system, you know? So I definitely was shocked by that. But, um, I, I also still think that he's so young still like in he is, my, he's, he's, uh, 24 he's or 25. No, he's in my brain, he is 18. But uh, which is he's he's have he's he's engaged and ha- well married and having a baby. Yeah, which no, like yeah, when, he's twenty four. When Dylan Strom's girlfriend or fiance got pregnant, girlfriend. I was I was like, yeah, you're you're like in juniors, you're an eerie otter. Like I I have no concept of time, which is weirder now because like I just turned eighteen. So like all the players that are gonna get drafted in this year's draft are like my age, which since I had that feeling. Does not compute in my brain. But yeah, yeah I mean, as as far as Flurry goes, um, I've always been a fan of his just um, watching him like come up through the system. And I think he's so talented. I mean, Sam, I'm sure he's you can talented. attest to that from watching him on the Hurricanes. So I feel like he'll kind of, he's one of those players, he'll kind of be fine wherever he goes, or I hope he'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. the, the last thing I would want for him or for any of the players who got moved around at this deadline is for like them to get to a new team and just like 
whoops, forgot how to play hockey. And I hate when that happens, first of all. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel like that happens in free agency a lot, too. People, like, like, they'll be highly touted as a free agent, and then a team will sign them, and then suddenly they're, like, the worst hockey player that ever played hockey. Um. But yeah, I I genuinely so the I think the reason I'm most surprised is that I thought I genuinely thought the course of action was going to be they leave him unprotected in expansion and Ron Francis, the GM of the Kraken, I believe drafted Hayden. Interesting. So I thought that would have been like an easy, like put two and two together situation. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I think it's. I mean. I don't know. I was gonna say something silly, but this it's it's sweet of them to uh respect him enough to wanna give him a a, a chance to have a bigger role somewhere else. For sure. I agree. That because he's a good kid and he's really good at hockey and like I said, he was playing on the bottom pairing with Jake Bean. He was healthy scratch sometimes in favor of Jake Gardner, and they really wanted a right handed guy. So I I, th- I think this could end up working out for both sides. It's just sad to see uh, a player that you like a lot, go. For sure. Yeah, I can speak um, to that. But yeah, that was a minor trade, so enough about that. <laughs> um, this is this was probably the biggest trade of the day and the most surprising to me because uh, what the Capitals gave up is a lot, in my opinion. So the Capitals got Anthony Mantha from the Red Wings, mm-hmm. and they gave up Richard Panic a first, a second, and Jacob Vrana, which was the biggest surprise to me yeah I was like when I had heard about that well aside from seeing everybody on Twitter post pictures of uh Verona drunk out of his mind the day after they won the cup um <laughs> that was that was a fun trip down memory lane him rolling up his sleeve to show a tattoo that he did not need to roll up his sleeve to show um king king <laughs> other than that yeah I I was just as shocked because al- almost for similar reasons to flurry I think I just kind of thought he was gonna kind of be with the caps forever and then when he got traded i was like oh um and i mean virtual panic kind of gets tossed around i think he's great i remember like watching him with the blackhawks but um sam's just going for it with the sweatshirt off okay she's back um, <laughs> sorry i'm it's a little hot in this room i was like she's going for it with the sweatshirt um but yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching Richard Panic with the Blackhawks. I really don't have anything, really don't have anything to say about him. But if I do have anything to say about him, it's good. I remember him being good. Um, but yeah, I agree with you on that, Sam, that the return was like, I don't know, like, Mantha, I think he's neat, but I don't know if he's worth that much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, so I, I, I understand. So this was the sentiment that I saw from a lot of Caps fans that I, I follow. Um, and I kind of agree with it. I think it's puzzling because clearly they want to go on another cup run. Right. Why wouldn't they want to? They still have Ovi. They still have Backstrom. Yeah. There's both, they're both still playing very well. They're not like on the decline or anything. Mm -hmm. They have a stacked team. So why not go for it one more time or two more times? Right. Mm -hmm. But at what point are you, do you go from trying to win a cup again to mortgaging the future to do that? That is the question, right? Yeah. Because, like, I saw someone literally just say, why are you mortgaging the future just to give Ovi and Backy another cup? Uh, Exactly. And I I totally get it. Yeah, I feel like we saw... If you if you take the cup part away from it, we kind of saw that with the Rangers, because... Kind of, yeah. They never won a cup, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) It was sad. But I... 
I feel like when, and maybe it was just Elaine Vigneault, because like we've said on this podcast and like Sam, you and I have just talked about this in conversation before. Elaine Vigneault is very much a win now coach. If you give him a team that is ready to win, so to speak, he can coach them through the playoffs. He can potentially coach them to a championship. I think that's just kind of what he's good at, which is fine. We all have our strengths and weaknesses in life. Ariel, I am so sorry, Queen. I am so sorry. Um, I hated having him with the Rangers as well. But my my point, um, aside from just poo-pooing on AV because he is not my problem anymore, (laughs) is that, you know, I feel like the Rangers kind of got into that spot of you know, they made the cup final in what, 2014. And yep. I feel like they got to a point where it was like 2015, okay, yeah, let's try again. And 2016, okay, yeah, let's try again. And then 2016 was just that flop against the Penguins. Like, absolutely not. That was yes. painful. 16 and 17 was a flop, too. Yeah. So I, I feel like we just keep saying, oh, we can do it again next year. We can do it again next year. And then I feel like once you got to like, 2018 it was like I don't think we should try it again next year I yeah and then the letter came out and everything but and yeah. then the thing is then you end up starting they started and they ended up starting from zero right because yeah. they went through so many years of not having first round picks and mm-hmm. not having that prospect line and then they ended up you know having to say we're going to go into a rebuild and then there was nothing there so mm-hmm. they had to trade away so much to get back that draft collateral that they needed right to start over again so and I would argue um, that like that's smarter than what DC is doing because I feel like the Rangers kind of quit while they were ahead because I could see like the the Lundquist quest for the cup I could see that like fully consuming the Rangers to the point where they're like oh absolutely let's get rid of everybody but I think that they did kind of quit while they were ahead which was smart and then you see you bring in David Quinn obviously they got um the higher draft picks this past year the year before that the year before that um and I definitely think it was weird as a fan like of my age like as a teenager because I had only ever seen the Rangers like be good when I kind of got into hockey so like when they didn't make the playoffs and when it was um, tank season, um, to be frank. Um, <laughs> um, it, it was a very strange experience as a fan and as a young fan. And I definitely think like uh, whenever Boston teams decide to stop being good, uh, whenever that happens, I'm waiting, I'm ready. Um, I think that like their fans that are my age are going to like feel the same way of, oh, like we're, we're not good now. And I, I definitely think that on the surface, well, this is like a whole other conversation. I think that on the surface, it's like less exciting, obviously, because they're not winning. But I think that like the payoff of like when you get like those high draft picks, and I, mm-hmm. the the first year that the Rangers really got higher draft picks, I think was when they drafted Kravtsov. I have a pea brain. Yeah, Kravtsov was like ninth overall. Or something. Right. Yeah. So I remember like that year was the first year I really got invested in the draft and was like I was like googling prospects I knew like all these stats committed to memory like and all these these players that like I would probably like never think about ever again and I was just like well good thing I know their entirely prospects page memorized um but I I guess the point of that whole tangent is I think that DC would be smart to kind of do what the rain well obviously it hasn't worked for the rangers yet but um <laughs> i mean it takes time to develop the exactly kids, right yeah so, so i was gonna say I, mean, I just think it would be smart for them to not continue on this path and kind of quit while they're ahead and be like we we got the guys their cup that they wanted and okay 
once they retire, um, we can kind of start over. I think that would I be think, smart for them. I think the biggest question mark for them is when Ovi's going to stop playing. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's not like... Mm-hmm. I mean... I connect everything back to the Rangers just because they're the team that I've watched the most closely. But I feel like in Lundqvist last, I would say last year, but really last couple years with the Rangers, you could see he wasn't the same player that he used to be. And I feel like I don't watch the Capitals closely, so Capitals fans might disagree with me, but I feel like he's not on an obvious decline, which is what's making it like... Exactly. So I feel like that's what's making it hard for them to gauge because he's not really showing any signs of slowing down. So my thing is, I so this might be just me. I don't know. This might just be me in my own head, but I don't know if I think his main goal now, now that he has the cut, now that he has the con Smythe, all that. I think he just really wants to beat Gretzky's record. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can so, see it. I don't know if like he like if as soon as he beats Gretzky's record, that's he's going to be like, I'm done now. Yeah. Um. But I, I just, I also have a feeling that he might want to like play in Russia before he's like totally he's done, before his career's that. like dead, dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he said he wants to play his final, like, yeah. Like, so in the NHL, he wants to play in Russia, like, that yeah. Part. So I think it really depends on the, the record, honestly. And, and that's so hard to gauge. Mm-hmm. But I think as long as Ovi's there, they're not going to want to put a bad team around him. Yeah. So. so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I just feel yeah. bad for Vrana because Vrana really was like, again this is a, t- a player probably going to get an elevated role but he was so good in in washington and mm-hmm. he won the cup with them they drafted him the whole deal but um dimitri filipovich who's like one of the best people on hockey twitter ever he he tweeted Jakob Vrana at five on five over the past three years among forwards okay he's 18th in points per 60 he's between elias Pettersson and brendan gallagher oh wow he but he's 193rd in time on, time on ice per game. <laughs> that doesn't add up. Between between Alex Kerfoot and Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, that's a little rough. So, so like you said, I guess that's kind of the, the through line of this trade. trade. I was going to say trade line. They should just start calling it the trade line. <laughs> the trade um, line. Happy trade line day. But I, um, I, I think that is kind of the through line of this trade deadline. Is that like we we have these younger players or players that we thought were younger because we have no concept of time? Um, <laughs> calling myself out, um, kind of getting like like you said, Sam, those elevated roles, and it, it definitely is going to feel weird and look weird on paper, like in the cases of Ron and Flurry in particular. But I think that in a couple years, if you know one of those players gets like an A or starts to get more time on ice, um, I think that we'll start to see like the purpose of it hopefully because at the end of the day I mean like as a hockey fan I always say that I watch sports with my heart instead of my head I and it's it's to a fault it often causes my demise um but I think at the end of the day we just want these players that we love or even just that we like um to thrive and to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish not to get on my little soapbox um but I think at the end of the day we just want to see these players succeed so that's what I'm hoping for everybody that got moved around best of luck in your future endeavors as we as we tend to say <laughs> wrap it up in a little bow yeah <laughs> for for Jakob Brano when you listen to our podcast we hope you do well Jakob if you're listening we hope you do really well in Detroit <laughs> we're listening for you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Um, speaking of success, or maybe not success, the Sabres got eliminated for playoff contention today. Great segue. <laughs> hey, you know, honestly, my friend texted me that today, and I was like, I mean, weren't they really already? Yeah, like, I not, mean, it was, it was mathematically. A of, yeah, it was a matter of time. Now yeah. it's just mathematically impossible it's for them just to like, make okay, now you're officially not going to make Yeah, yeah so the they're officially... Years officially out of the playoffs they lost to pittsburgh this afternoon um i feel like that's a thread that we always hang on to like oh like it's still mathematically possible for them to get in the playoffs like i i remember a couple years ago it was ryan strum's last year with the islanders because that's where i tell time um it was like they had to like run the table and win like their last five games like and get some help from the rest of the division to make the playoffs. And I remember I went to their last game of the season because I had gotten uh, Ryan's jersey off the back, which is behind me in my background. And I remember being like, oh, my God, like if they win, like they could they could like mathematically make it like we just need like this team to beat this team by this many goals for differential. And like maybe they'll make it. And it's like looking back on stuff like that's like being a sports fan truly is the definition of insanity just doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results yeah but mathematically it's not happening buffalo mathematically it's not happening but in our heads we all knew it was never gonna happen yeah um so i was gonna bring them up hopefully this is the last time we have an in-depth conversation about the sabers i think we can stop now the grand finale until something else happens over in the off season with them yeah but it was made official that Jack Eichel is going to miss the rest of the season. He, Which he, I, for some reason, already thought was a thing. Yeah, so they were very vague about mm-hmm. um, what was going on with him. Um, he was going to see specialists. They thought, I mean, Ralph Kruger lied a bunch of times, but he said he'll he'll probably come <laughs> back um, to finish the year, which, like, why would you even say that? It would um, be the point. So... He so we already knew that he had suffered broken ribs in like a practice like during training camp and he played through it. But apparently also he was playing through a herniated disc in his neck. That's and that so bad. Is, he's having yeah, surgery and he will work. be out the rest of the year. He will be ready for next season, allegedly. Allegedly. So, wherever that may be. Wherever that may be, because I firmly believe he played his last game as a Buffalo Saber. I'm clapping for emphasis. I like it. Um so Darren Drager went on the show that I mentioned last week, The Instigators. They right. had a, they had him on again, and he said that he would be shocked if Jack Eichel is with the Sabres again next year. He This is his last season with a no-move clause, so this year they can trade him wherever they want and get the package they want without his say being involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and Drager said what I've been saying, I've been beating this drum for <laughs> what seems like forever, right. that L.A. is the best fit for Jack Eichel. And I would like to get on my soapbox and explain why. Please because, do. Because Rangers fans, listen up, okay? I'm speaking directly at you, okay? I said this. I said this. I went on a rant on Twitter because I was just so fed up with Rangers players, like Rangers fans, seeing seeing Drager and being like, "Can't wait for him to be a Ranger." And people like replied to me. They were like, "He's going to be a Ranger. Book it." I'm like, "Okay, listen." No. No. The Sabers are trading away. So if they do trade Eichel, okay, they're trading away their franchise center. The face of their franchise, their captain. They're trading him away. Basically, this means they're going to start over again. Okay? They want <laughs> For the how whole... manyth time and how for many that, years. For, well, they, they tied the longest playoff drought ever at 10 seasons. It's just a mess. But if they trade Eichel, they're going to want a haul for him, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're trading away your franchise center and you have no prospects, you want another center in return. 
What do the LA Kings have two of? <gasps> the top center prospects. They have Alex Turcotte and they have Quinton Byfield. I if I'm Kevin Adams, I'm starting there. Give me one of Turcotte or Byfield. And we'll talk. <laughs> because, yeah, they have no prospects. Like, the Sabres have no prospects, period. So the Rangers have something to offer in prospects but they don't have center depth at all yeah hence one of the reasons why they're trading for eichel i was about to say like we we don't have me saying we i work for the new york rangers i'm gonna unzip my skin suit and you're gonna see david quinn um (laughs) i got jokes today honestly i'm funny today um but yeah i agree with you a thousand percent i don't know if that was the end of your um soliloquy Um, kind of i just it's (laughs) so frustrating like la just makes so much more sense and Okay, I'm also, I am a Jack Eichel. I feel like I'm a Jack Eichel truther. He's not as good as everybody thinks he is, okay? Period. Like, he is, he, in his, in his brain, okay? I, I, I am Jack Eichel for a second. In his brain, he is as good as Austin Matthews or as good, and or as good as Connor McDavid. And he is just not. Yeah, I agree. Period. I think that there I'm are. Sorry. No, I think Bad that there team are a lot or not. Of- uh mcdavid comparisons um just i see a lot of matthews comparisons too and i'm like which um i I understand that eichel has been a point a game on a very very crappy team but he his overall rounded game just to me is not ever going to be up to the level of matthews or mcdavid yeah i agree that's what rangers fans think they're getting they, like, I make this comparison a lot because I think that there's potential that maybe he could leave. If if you're giving me, if you're giving me the choice of Eichel or Barkov, I want Barkov. Exactly. Barkov is just the complete package. Mm-hmm. And Eichel, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't under- see what everyone else is seeing. And No, I agree. And I... I feel like the the McDavid comparisons I get because like they were they were one and two and it um it kind of takes me back to um the the Steve Dangle LFR videos when he was calling the tank the jack off that yes. year um I th- I thought that was a wonderfully crafted joke but I I completely agree with you Sam in the sense that I feel like either he sees himself as as good as those players or fans do or um, or both, or or Buffalo's management is trying to cast a spell and make everyone think he's that good. You think Jack Eichel's the best hockey player yeah. to ever exist? Ooh. Ooh, you want him so bad. Um, but I agree with everything you're saying, and and the the thing with the the Eichel to the Rangers theory, um, because if if you are a Jack Eichel truther, I'm specifically a Jack Eichel to the Rangers truther, um, because I. <laughs> I don't want it. You can keep him. I don't want all all love to Jack Ikes, but simply don't want him. And I think it's because the Rangers have been like perpetually in need of a center. Like you got Derek Stepan and then you threw him away. And then you got somebody else and then you threw him away. And like I felt like when we got Zvanajad, um, through my tears of losing Derek Broussard, because he was every 13 to 25 year old girls favorite rangers player and warranted oh my God, the way i cried no i was quick sidebar i was in canada when that trade happened i was in toronto for the first time i was at the hockey hall of fame 
when he got traded and I was in the gift shop and I heard someone say something about Broussard to Ottawa and I did not think anything of it because I simply thought he was talking about like his be a GM mode NHL team. I don't know. And then I like sat down in my little restaurant later that day and I got my little notification. So that was awful. But the point was that you know, I, I feel like the Rangers, you know, we got to manage that and I was like, okay, like it's going to be fine. No, we're never going to need another center ever again. It's just going to be so fine. But I feel like they just continue to have these center problems. And it's like, okay, yeah, like you think Jack Eichel's going to solve that, but what are they going to run? Huh? I, what are they going to want in return? And I think that's kind yeah. of like a Ranger fan problem in general, or at least what I see on Rangers Twitter and that they think, oh, everybody wants to come to New York. Uh, We play in Madison Square Garden, the greatest arena in the world. Everybody wants to come here. But it's like a a team isn't going to just trade a player to you because, you know, we want him to go to New York and play in the garden. We just want this for him. We just want him to spread his wings and fly. And you know what? You can have him for free, bestie. You can have him. We don't, so even true, want <laughs> we don't even want anything from you. If you want to, like, send us, like, a gift card to Starbucks in a return. gift card! <laughs> like, I, I just feel like Rangers fans think that they don't need I to think, give anything I think up. Rangers fans, I think Rangers fans live in a fantasy. I really do sometimes. And yeah. the proposed things I've seen, like, I heard... I, if I remember correctly, the rumors over the summer were that the package began and then immediately ended with Capo Caco. Which because no, duh, you never trade Capocacco. Yeah. And then I see people who are will, like, I'm willing to trade Krabsov or Heedle or whatever, and I'm like, but no. why? No, but why? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think. I hope. I think everyone's dream is that it could be fixed from within. I don't think it can. No. I just don't. I just also don't think Jack Eichel is the answer. And I think if I'm Buffalo. And I sincerely wish I was because I think sometimes I can make better decisions than them. Right. Um, I would just I would call L.A. immediately and be like, Turcotte. Turcotte plus probably a first and some some uh, like NHL roster players to even salary. Mm -hmm. But if you if you're trading, like I said, if you're trading your number one center, if you're trading your entire basically your entire franchise away, then you need someone in return that could end up being that that person for sure yeah or at least close to that person like because there's only so many jack eichels in the world right but Mm -hmm. alex turcott is pretty damn good himself Mm -hmm. so i don't know that's just it's just the whole situation just infuriates me because i'm on rangers twitter and anytime i brought up they go like feral yeah Um, and i think it's like it's the Rangers Twitter cute little quirk where they just become fixated on a player and they're like, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. It happens all the time. It happened yeah. with Rick Nash. It happened with Kevin Shankirk. It I happened s- with Panarin. It happens with all of them because as soon as there's like a little crumb of like this yeah. player kind of wants to go to New York, they're like, it's done. It's they're done. New York. Yeah. And I think part of it is like the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Sam is motioning with her hands and I agree. I'm just um, doing ma- just shrugging motions. And I think part of it is like the just the New Yorker God complex thing and as a sports fan like you're a little touched in the head already so it's just that that cute little combination. But and and I feel like all the players that you name like uh Panarin, Shattenkirk, Nash like the Rangers did get those players but I also saw it happen with like even Tavares like, everyone was like, we're going to get John Tavares. We're going to get John Tavares. And I had to be like, no. Like, I, I hate to break it to you, but he's not just going to come here because you want him to come here. Like, I think... You, you I can't think manifest also, it. Like, you can't put your crystals yeah. by your window on the night of the full moon and make John Tavares <laughs> come to the Rangers. 
Wait, drink all the moon water you want. John Tavares <laughs> isn't a New York Ranger. Me, um, me wearing my rose cords to manifest. <laughs> John Tavares coming to the Rangers. I can't. But, like, and then I think people just think, like, as soon as Eichel comes, like, that's it. The Rangers are going to be... Cup run. The cup. cup run. I'm like, that, that's not how anything works. <laughs> like, in life. Like, it's... Yeah, I really? Know. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I'm frustrated. It's just... I want it to be over so bad. Yeah. Like, I just want it to be done. I want him to go wherever he's going to end up, whether that's New York or mm-hmm. LA. I just want it to be done because then we can stop talking about it. I agree. And Rangers Twitter will either be happy or go up in flames. Yeah. So, and that's okay. Either way. Whatever. Say, yeah. that, that's all right. I can, make, I can make you laugh a little bit. If you <clears throat> kind of going back to the whole overvaluing Eichel thing. And I really, really wish I could find this tweet from a couple years ago from i don't know if it was a sabers fan it had to be a sabers fan <laughs> talking about potential equal traits oh no and one of them was with the flyers oh no and it started with sean couturier buddy oh god and i buddy. was done after that i said all right no that's enough i was like oh everybody was like are you smoking yeah like, but i wish i could what, remember the smoking and can i have some <laughs> but i because i just went on twitter and tried to go down the rabbit hole on the search and literally searched jack eichel sean Gutierrez to find it i didn't find that but i found some beauties of some other trades they want for eichel of course and these are both these are both flyers trades by the oh, way God. these were what and these were from um let's see today is april what are we april 16th april 17th i think this it's 17th. From march 23rd Okay. So this is very recent. So someone responded, would you do this? <laughs> Giroux, Konechny, 2021 first, 2022 first, Nolan Patrick's rights, and Morgan Frost. Please, excuse me. For one man? For one man. <laughs> That's not the only one. But that was the one that really For got me. For one man. One man. Um, okay. Now there's Jack. Now, obviously, again, this was before the trade deadline, before Montour yeah. was traded. Jack Eichel. Brandon Montour and Rasmus Ristolainen, who finally, you know, could get traded, apparently, in this Maybe. Instance. Maybe someday. It's like and the magic conch. Maybe someday. <laughs> and the Sabres get Couturier, Provorov, Voracek, Patrick, two firsts, and a second. So just, like, flip teams. Just flip rosters. Yeah. So the Flyers Basically, are now the Sabres, and the Sabres are now the Flyers. Yep. What I don't, and these, at least one of these, these are both Flyers fans, God. by the way. So I don't know if it's overvaluing Eichel, if it's undervaluing Sean Couturier. Like I don't, and he's like know. good. Like, like why would you trade your number one center when yeah. you don't like? They, not that they don't necessarily have the center depth, because they have you know Kevin Hayes, who kind of is having a down season, but still, you know, is still one of your better defensive forwards on, yeah. on a good day. You can still move Drew back to center if you need it. Um, he's better off on the wing. And then I guess I can see what you mean down the rest of the lineup. Like, Nolan Patrick hasn't really been able to get back to what he was before, but I'm all for giving him the slack here. Like, the man no, yeah. disorder was out for an entire year. I was going to say, I could, some people that. I could write essays about why we need to give Nolan Patrick don't, some slack. Yeah, don't, don't, I, that. don't even get me started on that. I'll get on another soapbox because it makes me angry. I, I suffer from chronic migraine. I have my entire life, like mm-hmm. as long as I can remember since I was like four or five years old, I used to get them every single week 
at in middle school, every single Monday, I would get a debilitating migraine and I would be, I wouldn't be able to like sleep. I wouldn't be able to eat. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I've, I went to, I went to the emergency room a couple of times. I've seen neurologists. I've had MRIs. Like this isn't mm-hmm. to like get sympathy or anything. It's just mm-hmm. to say like, this is serious. Yeah. Like Imagine what, what Nolan suffered through. That. Exactly. And I was just a normal, like 12 year old mm-hmm. living my life. Like he's a professional. He's trying to play a, a hockey hockey for a living a hockey like, he's trying to be a hockey like <laughs> like i had one the other day and it was funny because i had a migraine the other day and it was right when people were having this conversation about nolan patrick <laughs> literally like it so my new thing this is my new this is like not even to like btmi or whatever but my new migraine like routine <laughs> is that it starts in my neck goes all the way up into the front of my Ooh. head and into my eye and then i can't get comfortable at all and And then i like i'm I'm laying in bed like (laughs) i have to lay i have to lay perfectly still in a specific position so my neck doesn't hurt and doesn't send the pain to the rest of my head like imagine that but you have to be a professional athlete yeah yeah it's and i i don't think people give him enough slack and every time i see those tweets that are like if you could erase an athlete's entire injury history and like let me play full career i say nolan patrick every single time well i also say david wright because some of us are uh, Mets fans yeah. who want to see a championship. But I always say Nolan Patrick, and without without fail, there's always someone in my replies like, he's only this age. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you acting like he's calling it a career? And I'm like, it's debilitating. Exactly. And think about all the other, like, his injury history before he even got drafted to the NHL was, like, this long. Was- so apparently he's had this disorder this migraine disorder for he, a long time yeah he and, had it in juniors i believe yeah yeah and so um, so he's already played through it for years and people i think it was insulting that a lot of people were like this is because he had concussions like yes concussions can cause neurological symptoms after the fact like tabo teravinen's going through it right now mm-hmm. which really sucks but chronic illness like this like is something completely different oh and yeah you can't just you like I feel like it was sort of victim blaming in a way like it's his own fault because yeah. he got concussed so many times like who are you to say that like you don't know and like and he, I don't like, even think he did that I know I don't I think he said mm-hmm. one concussion I don't know didn't and, he like, get a hernia something like that, that. that he's had some yeah, weird hin- during, injury like, history here yeah, so <laughs> that just came to me. I just feel horrible for him, like because it's people just don't under like I've experienced this in my own life. Yeah, people don't understand what like migraines really are, mm-hmm. and that they're not just headaches. Like you can't just. I mean, thankfully there are medications now, like prescription and over the counter, that help a lot. Shout out Excedrin migraine, not Spawn. Um, <laughs> please sponsor us. <laughs> please sponsor us. Can't be everyone. I actually just saw someone who was sponsored by them. I'm like, where's my sponsorship? Been taking it my whole life. We um, want the brand deal. If you're listening, we but want. But I just like it's just so upsetting that people are giving up on him just because of that. Like for sure. Yeah, and the it, biggest, the biggest, not to cut you off, the biggest no, thing no. that I that I see, and it just like makes me so like I can't even find a word for it. Is the whole it. People say, oh, he doesn't care out there. He doesn't look like he cares on the ice. Okay, let me let me say this. You're calling him a bust every single game. You're saying he doesn't care. You're saying this and that. I wouldn't look like I care either. If you're, and yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a thing. I, I, don't, I don't think when people say, oh, this player doesn't care out there, like they're 
they they kind of have to. Yeah, or, right. Like they wouldn't be in the NHL. Like they kind of have to care, but he also just looks like that. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think I don't know how I think that's just his so personality. Much. I yeah. think it's yeah. just his personality. Like he's that quiet, like mumble monotone. Like you don't know if he's having a, a true thought. It's that it's head. that it's that case. No thoughts, head empty. It's that <laughs> case of it's that case of we media train these kids and then we say we they don't care because they're they, so vanilla. It's like, well, exactly. this was this is what they've been told to do since they were kids because like that's how athlete that's how hockey players act to the media or whatever. Yeah, like. I don't know. I just feel so bad for him for so many reasons because, like, people read oh, yeah. so much into it because he was he was second overall to Nico, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it was so, back and forth the whole the whole draft year of his right. Number one it was a Nolan or Nico, right? Mm-hmm. So I just because that's so much pressure to start with, oh, and yeah. then you have this you have this debilitating chronic disorder that no one understands, mm-hmm. and you have a soft spoken personality. Like, put that all in into a bundle, and you just Stop get it. like a really bad like case of people reading too much into it oh yeah or like not being educated enough to actually have a, an, a correct opinion yeah um, and I think part of it I, is like Ariel I'm gonna let you finish uh, and I I was say I say this all the time and I think I said it last week when I talked about this because I could talk about this every single week till <laughs> um is we have the slack for Oscar you know, with what right. he went through. Obviously, mm-hmm. they were two completely different situations. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, I don't, when I say problem, I don't mean problem. His was a more noticeable. His was something people understand. Yes. Yeah. That's the and thing. You saw it. Like, right. You, and you, you could saw you, what everyone what knows, right. Everyone knows what someone who, because I feel like most people have been touched, like affected by cancer. Yeah. Either directly by someone they know or like a second degree someone they know mm-hmm. and you see what happens like people go through chemo they shave their head they get more visibly sick looking right. like like yeah. it's and like we saw oscar shaved his head like he went to treatment he like mm-hmm. all that kind of thing everyone knows like what cancer is and what it and what it does to people but a, a disorder like migraines that like people think is like oh it's just a headache it's like you can power through it like whatever mm-hmm. it there's just not enough like information out there i guess on it mm-hmm. um no i agree unfortunate and like because i've had like because i had numerous like scans and mris and stuff as a kid to, to see if some my migraines were something going on there and there was nothing so literally you can't see it yeah yeah right so yeah, i get what i get point. what you mean like mm-hmm. people people because there was so it was, people were so quick to be to defend and like as they should, right? <laughs> they were so quick to defend Oscar because, like, he was going through something so tragic, and it's so awesome that he's cancer-free right now. But I think there should be similar slack. Not the For same sure. amount of slack, because it's totally different, but similar um, like an patience. Of Just life. have patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, you and this is something that you can't pick and choose like who you feel sympathy for and who you like give a pass right. to. And I think yeah. that part of that and what I was going to say earlier is I think part of that is just the sports fan entitlement um, that and I mean, I, I do it sometimes and I have to stop myself and go, OK, these are human beings. These are people. They, they have personalities. They have thoughts and feelings. And I think that we forget that sometimes because sports are just so ingrained into our lives, right? We watch it all the time and we get to a point where like, maybe these players do just look like little action figures on the screen and we forget that they're people. Um, But 
yeah, I, I do think it's a product of just the sports fan entitlement thing in all like facets of the, the null pat situation. Um, I think that, um, I, I think that people are like, well, he needs to talk more and he has to have more of a personality. I don't understand his migraines. I don't understand his injury history. He just needs to play better. And I think that a lot of sports fans and a lot of people, period, not to, uh, not to make this into a psychiatrist podcast, but I think that a lot of people do just sometimes need to step back and realize that these athletes are people with feelings and their own lives and their own yeah. thoughts and hopes and dreams. And we've talked about it before with the with with the COVID situation. Oh yeah. And uh, I think well, we're gonna jump dive into it now with Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like exactly what you said, people are so like dissociated. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to sports, with like oh like these athletes are just robots and tools for my enjoyment Mm -hmm. and they're not actually people. They should shut up because they're rich and make so much more money than me. And like, they're so much more privileged than me. That's always the argument. They're still people. Who cares? Like, I don't understand that. I'm trying to think why are we, who I was Stop putting people on pedestals. Like I saw, I saw like a tweet, our, our friend Nick said about like stopping celebrity culture. Like, yeah, like stop, Mm -hmm. Stop putting these athletes on these giant pedestals and saying, like, you're untouchable. You just play my sport and make me happy. Right. And and there's nothing could ever go wrong in your life ever. Like I forgot who I was talking to it about. I think it was in regards to Tony D'Angelo, actually, because this was a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but I I remember talking to We can talk about his situation too. <laughs> um I remember talking with uh one of my teachers who actually took sports marketing with this teacher last year so like we have our little sports convos he knows my affiliation um and he said like how do you feel about what was happening with him like around january february like when the rangers essentially were like he's never playing another game with us ever again um and his my teacher's response in the situation was if i was making millions of dollars like i would learn how to get along with like the people in the locker room and while I will never be one to defend Tony D'Angelo. I am truly not a fan of his. We are not buds. Um, we don't stand him on this podcast. No, we don't. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, we don't want the sponsorship. However, I think that that argument of if I was making millions of dollars, like I would X, Y, and Z, I don't think that's like, if I was making millions of dollars, I would get along with people in the locker room. I feel like that can very easily turn into if I was making millions of dollars, I would score this many goals and I would just win a championship every year and I would just be the best player in the world. And I think that we're just so far removed from their position and like the struggles that they do face. That it's mm-hmm. not our place to say, well, if I was Nolan Patrick and I was making millions of dollars, I would simply play better and have my head not hurt. Like, hmm. Like, and I, again, I think it's just like the sports fan entitlement. And like you yep. said, like that celebrity culture of putting people on a pedestal. And I just, I think we need to stop that. I think we need to say, hey, do these people make millions of dollars? And do I not make millions of dollars? Yeah. But maybe we should not treat them like they're robots. Yeah. I mean, how much money they make and what they do for a living doesn't change the fact that they're actually people. Exactly. Human being people. Um, So I want to continue this thread kind (laughs) of. um, The Canucks had all of their games rescheduled Um, this season, their season. So they're doing um, this thing where in Canada, the regular season is going to keep going in the U.S., the playoffs are going to start, I think, is how it's going to go. Yeah, they're um, not going to... The North Division will finish their regular season till May 19th, I believe, is yes. the day. As of right now. As of right now. 
So rightfully, Vancouver is not thrilled that all of their games got rescheduled and that they're playing like some ridiculous amount of games in, yeah. in the span of like a month. Thirty one, something, some like nineteen games changed, in thirty one days or which something. Which got like that. changed from nineteen and thirty two. Yeah, something like, like that. He, so like one game got changed basically. Yeah. So JT Miller, um spoke out actually about this and i think he echoed like what the like basically he spoke for the entire team i believe I so think that's what they said yeah so this is um from i'm reading from thomas drance from the athletic he's been uh covering this whole situation um but so this is what he told the media on zoom jt miller he said i hope people don't take this the wrong way i'm a super competitive guy but this isn't about hockey for our team this is about the health and safety of our players their family and their children this isn't about making the playoffs because they're out of playoff contention right now right yeah because they because i watched um part of that video and and i think the question had kind of been about like do you guys care about the playoffs basically right like uh, not in that way like I, it wasn't asked like oh you know with the hockey hockey yeah. hockey it and, was like kind um, of, how do you go into that? uh-huh and Miller described how a teammate was struggling to breathe going up and down steps. And he said, uh, uh, this has nothing to do with hockey. To be brutally honest, we're going to need more time than this to come back and play hockey. Even the guys that didn't get it aren't ready. Um, he said, it's frustrating. We try to talk about our number one priorities, our players' health and their family safety. And it's impossible to achieve that with what we're being asked to do. Um, and he said, like, per- he said, it's kind of crazy. I know everyone has a job to do, but to expect our entire team to be ready to play in one practice and a pregame skate is a bit hard to comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I saw, in addition to that, that Brandon Sutter had it. His wife, who's pregnant, had it. She's like 20-something weeks pregnant, had it. And their, the, their children, who they already have, have it. Had it. Yeah. Their entire family had it, and they're expected to just shut up and play hockey now that they're testing negative which i think is so dangerous like yeah. i know that ariel we talked about this you suggested it a few weeks ago you said uh sh- do they just shut the whole thing down because they're not making the playoffs and i think we knew that was never going to happen yeah but i genuinely didn't think that they would make them make up every single game that was left i am not surprised that they did because on the flip side of me saying that, like, I knew that wasn't going to actually happen. They weren't going to say shut it down because it's the NHL. They weren't going to shut it down. And the NHL wasn't going to, like, I think you had said, the NHL wasn't going to admit that "Mm, we shouldn't have done this. So I think it's the same thing where by not making them make up the games, they're like, yeah, we know they shouldn't play these games. But we're gonna schedule them anyway because we wanna we want them to get these the rest of these games in because we want every team to, you know, get to that whatever mark. Yeah, which 56. they're not going to. Which not a there's not yeah. a chance that all I your just, teams are gonna get fifty six. It's point. so horrible. And like um amongst all this also, because of the rescheduling of all the Vancouver games, the Oilers had to play the Battle of Alberta on the same night as, as their Colby's, memorial yeah. for Colby Cave. And and I mean, uh, understandably, they got beat by Calgary yeah. got, because like, you just—they just went through the emotional ringer. You know, Colby Cave, uh, you know, passed away at twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one. I mean, they were having a memorial for their teammate that that passed away 
so literally in the span i was reading um emily cave's article on espn describing the night that he had passed it was literally over the span of like a few hours yeah he had a headache he had no he was never sick like that before she was concerned for him but he was like i'm fine he had a really bad headache and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse eventually they got to the hospital it was too late he had a brain bleed or something like that Mm -hmm. and so they they're having a memorial service for for him and a celebration of his life and they have to bring up all these emotions and then they have to play against their biggest rival yeah i i'm almost and mcdavid rightfully stood up and said that wasn't right yeah Yeah. it was like basically like we shouldn't have had to play this game and and he's right and the whole thing is you it wasn't like this was the schedule made before the season like Mm -hmm. because i don't know when they planned the like when they actually got the date for the memorial I don't know if that, you know, they was had a plan for a bit, I think. And I think it was planned for an off day. And then okay, uh, because, so that's of, what I because of Vancouver's situation, they were like, oh, well, these games have to get rescheduled. And they, they for some reason, picked did, that but night. To yeah, that all over. I feel like they could have picked a different night to do that. Like, I don't really could've. know what the point of that one is because they had to know. The league had to know, like, what was going on because it's such like a like, big event. Like, it's such a big thing. That, yeah. that was mm-hmm. taking place that night, and you expect them to, like, were they like, oh, they're going to want to play for him? They're going to want to do no this, idea. this? Like, no, they're not. Yeah. They're going to want to celebrate his life and all those emotions throughout the day. Like, mm-hmm. no wonder they threw, like, what, 17 shots on net. They, they yeah. didn't want to play that game. Of course. I wouldn't want to play that game either. I'd want to yeah. go home and, like, decompress from the emotions of, because I think Emily was there. So, like, Ooh, to, no, see yeah, his, no to see his widow, like, and they've been so they had been married nine months yeah. or something. And so oh, to, yeah. See, yeah. to see her there and just, like, to go, like I said, go through the emotional ringer and then have to go through the emotional ringer again in a completely different way playing an NHL hockey game. Like, that's just totally unfair. And I'm, I, again, like JT Miller, I'm glad McDavid stepped up. Said something, those, yeah. For those two things to happen. And for him to do it, yeah. Right. It was for huge. Those two, things, those two things to happen back to back is a horrible look. Like, they rescheduled the um, Battle of Alberta for that night and then, like, I don't know, a few days later, they're like, oh, yeah, Vancouver's playing all their games, by the way. Yeah, it it almost makes me happy that we got into that conversation of, like, the sports fan culture and, like, acknowledging that they're humans because this is the exact type of situation right. where that attitude needs to be looked at and reevaluated, not just for fans, but, like, for those working in the NHL. Because, like you said, Ariel, who picked that date? Who picked that opponent? Who picked that they had to yeah. play a game after that? Like yeah. the, I feel like, granted, I'm, I do not work in event planning and I am an 18 year old high school senior, but in my little brain, I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe that should have just been a standalone event where we honor him and we soak all that up and we process that. And maybe we get a couple days off before we have to play a game and we're not just yeah. thrown into that, you know? And yeah, it just, and if you're. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Joe. No, you're good. I am I'm just <laughs> simply shaking my head and being sad. <laughs> and but the thing you you bring up that point of like if you're an event planner, sh- if you're an event planner, shouldn't you like already have that mindset of like knowing what's going Doesn't on? Doesn't an alarm go off? Don't you go hmm, maybe we shouldn't do like <laughs> yeah, like you it's not like you didn't know. Like there's not no. a chance you didn't know if that was going on that day. If you're like whoever made that that final decision, you know, who was the one that said they're going to play this day? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to do it whether they like it or not, because we have to get this game in. 
it's yes, but you things, didn't have to get it in then. It's one of those no. things where you wonder how many people did this decision go through for it to happen? Right? Like, oh my god. Yeah, and you're never you're never gonna we're never find gonna that know. out. No. But that that but, is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. How many people had to because no doubt that goes through a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see Whenever I see anything that I'm like, oh my god, this is tone deaf, or like, I just saw it um, completely unrelated to sports, but there's been like this drama with this band called Tramp Stamps this week. Um, that sounds like it would happen. Yeah. I was gonna say, that sounds like drama waiting to happen. Oh, right? yeah. So they were like, just to give a little Spark Notes version, they were like this band of these three girls that got big on TikTok, and everyone was like, lol, they're industry plants. Like, they're just like pretending that they believe in these like ideals that they talk about, and they don't really. And then it came out that they were working with like a song production company that's owned by Dr. Luke, who's the producer that Uh-oh. like abused Kesha for years and years, which that's a red Uh-oh. flag. And they put out a song this week with some very questionable um, lyrics. So the fact that they're like trying to toot their little girl boss horn and like, and I, we see this in sports too, when you're like, oh my God, like feminism, like we love women. Then you put something out that like contradicts that's like, mm. but they literally just put out a statement now on their Instagram where they try to like put all the rumors away and like call everybody out. And I'm in my head reading this, like how many people did this go through? Because like, this band, they love to say that they're independent and they don't work with anybody. Maybe you should, because maybe a publicist should have looked at that, and maybe a PR person should have said, "Hmm." And I feel like we see that a lot with sports, like this particular instance. You know, maybe a couple other people should have looked at that and said, "Hmm." I don't think we should be. That reminds me of a few things of when the Rangers didn't speak up right away about Keandre. Oh, yup. And, uh, like, they retweeted Tony D'Angelo's podcast and that uh, sort of thing. And also, in that same vein, when the Islanders uh, were making their Black Lives Matter statement without saying Black Lives Matter, but then they also tweeted appreciation for cops. Yeah. Um, if you guys remember that statement, that was rough. Yeah. Um, I think- But that's just those things of, like, there needs to be checks, more checks and balances, maybe. Oh, yeah. I think um, that Keandre stuff was, like, a year ago this week. Like, I think I saw it on my time like that. My My article shaming the Rangers is going to turn a year old, guys. <laughs> um, but thankfully, Good. they put their money where their mouth is, and Tony D'Angelo's not a Ranger anymore. Right. Um, Segway. <laughs> Segway. Um, briefly, before – because, well, I'll bring that up after this because yeah. there's one more thing about Vancouver that I found very interesting. Right. So – we mentioned before that they traded Adam Gaudet mm-hmm. to the Blackhawks. Uh-huh. There was a rumor already that they were kind of going to trade him. However, he was patient zero. No. He's the one that was the first one to have COVID right. and kind of started this outbreak among the Vancouver team. So uh, this guy, Ian McIntyre, tweeted, told an, he works for Sportsnet, told an emphatic no. When asked if COVID and Gaudet's status as patient zero had, had any part of his exit from an unyielding market, Canucks had trade discussions on him as far back as last year, which we kind of already knew. Finally closed the deal. Like millions, Gaudet was a victim of the virus. Now, fine, sure. But then someone who's uh, a sports talk radio host in Vancouver said, I'm told it was the opposite. That there were resentful players and that management was upset with him. This was the final straw with a player that was already backsliding on the ice. So, basically, he's saying that they already were kind of fed up with him as an organization. They wanted to trade him away. And then everyone on the team was upset that he was the one that caused this outbreak. 
Hmm, Us all just collectively sighing in unison. A lot of thoughts on that. I just, because I'm, I'm torn personally, because I try to put myself in like a JT Miller or a Brandon Sutter's shoes. Like if I'm Brandon Sutter, right. And my whole family, including my pregnant wife and myself got COVID, right. Mm -hmm. My children got COVID and essentially bottom line, it's because of Adam Gaudet, right. It's kind of justifiable to be upset, but also at the end of the day, like I think it depends a lot on what Adam Gaudet was doing, Mm -hmm. right? I agree. Because if he was doing everything right and he just happened to get it, like how can you fault him? It happens. But if he's like if he's like Jake Vertanen in the offseason going to the club. I was gonna say if he's going out and partying and not wearing masks and stuff, like I understand that frustration a little bit more. But you do see cases where, you know, I see it with like some of my friends or some of the people at my school, people who do everything right, who wear two masks, who don't see anyone and they still get it. So I do think that there's some context missing that I really don't think that we should know. Honestly, I don't think. Oh, it's absolutely not. I don't yeah. think. I don't think it matters to us. I just. Yeah, just I, for that. I. Yeah, I think I, it's unfair to place blame on him if he was, like we mm-hmm. said, doing everything right. And you have to imagine like the kind of toll that that would take on him, feeling like you're responsible for like all these yeah. players and their families. You know, that's got to be rough on you, and you have to deal with this trade. Like he's got to have like a million things going through his mind right now. Yeah, I mean, I kind of similar in this vein. Like, so William Nylander was yeah. placed on the COVID nineteen list. Mm-hmm. He was so he someone that he's close with outside of the team. I believe it was his brother. Don't quote me on that. Um, had an inconclusive test, so they weren't positive, but they might have had it, and he was near them. Right. So now he's been away from the team because, right? You have to be <laughs> right. He's had nine negative tests in nine days. But they asked him about it, and he was like, I'm just thankful no one else got it. So that's, like, something that weighs on them, obviously. Like, if I get it, I'm going to give it to my teammates. Mm -hmm. And, like, the camaraderie and the brotherhood and everything we talk about, like, in hockey, that's, like, a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Is he a locker room guy? The whole thing. (laughs) Like, obviously, then it comes into mind when, you know, you're supposed to, like, live and breathe your team and your teammates, and you give them a deadly pandemic disease like that must weigh on you right yeah yeah i i don't know i just i don't know if that was drama that needed to be hashed out like about the trade and he's not on not on the canucks anymore yeah he's not on the canucks anymore so i don't know if that was completely necessary it most Um, likely wasn't it most likely wasn't but i mean if i'm i mean i also as a journalist think like if i'm hearing that i'm gonna report it Mm -hmm. well I know we probably don't want to hash on the Canuck thing too much longer, but when when you mentioned the media thing, I want to get um, because I'm sure you guys have seen what's been going on uh, about their practices as well, and how they've been close to the media the yeah. past couple oh, yeah. of days. So I kind of want to get the opinion because I think it was also Drance has kind of been going off a little bit about this situation, and I think the what was it the Vancouver chapter like put out a big statement about it. And I, mm-hmm. before I get on my soapbox, because <laughs> it, it could change based on your responses. Um, um, so I don't really know the, the full thought. situation. So, so basically, the, so the practices, not, I know they've been close to the media. So yeah. basically they're not letting the media in, which apparently is a violation of the CBA. Is okay. The media is supposed oh, to be that. allowed. Um, if, I, if I can find it really, really quickly which I think yeah, I should be able to because he's been so all over about it. I am, see, this is also a thing where I think I see both sides because I understand, like, 
okay, I'm a journalist. My duty is to go in there and I need to see what's happening at practice. And like, if it's in the CBA, it's my legal contractual right to go in there and see what's happening Mm -hmm. in practice. But I also understand like, hey, these guys all just had COVID and like, we're opening our facilities maybe a little Mm -hmm. prematurely. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, we don't want anyone else in there to either give it to them again or to get it themselves. So I see both sides of the coin, but if you're, if it's illegal for them to not be there due to CBA, then I, I don't know that, that I'm leaning more towards the, the, the former of my argument. than the Yeah. So I'll kind of, I'm not going to read the whole statement because it's kind of long and, and will take a little bit for me to read, (laughs) but basically the gist of it, yes, is for three days, the Vancouver Canucks have been violation of the national hockey league's media regulations in the collective bargaining between the league and the players. So apparently it is in the CBA and he did respond to someone later on say the exact rule like this, this, and this, you know, so he says, simply put when a team practices, media are allowed to be there. The Canucks have not been allowing media to view practices, claiming privacy concerns, also suggesting that media would not be taking into consideration the difficulty the team's players might be having in recovering from COVID-19. So that's kind of the point of this. Oh, so they're not even, okay, so I'm changing my mind then. Because (laughs) if they're not even saying, okay, I'm sorry if I cut you off, but. No, I'm not reading the whole thing, so. So they're not even saying, oh, it's to keep people safe. It's just because they don't want them to see the players right now. So that's some garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's basically like, well, this, I, I don't, again, we don't, you obviously don't know necessarily what they're hearing also from the team. It says like suggesting. Mm-hmm. You right know, so it but be, i it might be you know yeah if they're if if the team's first statement isn't we're closing practice because we want our facilities to be safe for the media and the players and we're, we're still like figuring this whole thing out because so yeah. many of the team had covid like if that's not the first thing they're saying if the first thing they're saying is we don't want the media to like misconstrue like how the players are practicing because of the yeah. like no like <laughs> contractually they have to be there like that's completely different okay so now i'm on the side of the yeah yeah that's just what the statement says obviously the claiming privacy and suggesting so i don't know if necessarily the team did say that or what they said might have implied it 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 seems like it might have been more of an implication that see because it even says the next thing such an implication is insulting so i i think it's insulting i i think i mean it is i think it was more implied because the media has been on the player side this whole time and it has kind of criticized yeah the return to play. I, I don't like that i um, i don't know how how you felt about it initially ariel but i'm on the side of the journalist because i like i said also if, if they're not sides. being if they're not being plain about like if if it wasn't for safety reasons yeah i agree like for for pandemic safety reasons like there's no other reason why you should close it to the media especially if it's mm-hmm. in the cba especially right now <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I necessarily I think I knew but also didn't know that was a thing. That it was like a contractual I didn't know it was in the CBA, thing. but yeah. especially um, if it's contractual then Yeah, he responded to someone who kind of asked about it and I didn't know if I was going to be able to find it quick enough if not it look like it. Like he literally he outlined the rule and, and, mm-hmm. and all that to say it. Um but something else that's kind of like in here towards the bottom of this it says until the last few days the canucks were were to be commended for the openness with which they treated this story which saw them as an unfortunate example in what is a growing health crisis in our community time and time again they underlined the threat that COVID 19 poses for everyone that when even the healthiest among us fall ill with this terrible virus the threat to all of us is clear and kind of mentioned and he was the one too that kind of had the first story in this and said it's also important to note 
that the presence of a PHWA member at the start of the outbreak is key to why the story has been told. Right. So mm-hmm. I did see both sides, I-, I think, in a kind of similar but kind of different way than you did. Because uh, my kind of thing was, before I really, really thought about it, I'll admit, before I really got into it and I really read that statement, I was kind of like, you're complaining about not going to practice. Like, right. Okay. Like, these guys just came back from COVID. And then I kind of learned, oh, it, okay, if it, if it is, you know, in the contract between, you know, everybody, okay, I see why you're frustrated. I see why you think you should be there, especially because apparently Toronto is in Vancouver. And apparently it looks like they're going to play tomorrow. That's what so, everyone's saying. Yeah. I get the thing, you know, today would have been the only day for you guys to be there to see what they might look like ahead. So I, I kind of got that. And I see more of that side now than I did yeah. before. Because originally I was like, this team just got over a very serious, very almost deadly case. Because it was a variant we hadn't seen before. So right. we didn't know how it was affecting them. Obviously, very badly. So I was like, let these guys heal. Let these guys come back. Like, they don't need you to see them at their, not at their worst, but pretty much at their worst. But Mm -hmm. I also see the other flip side of the story. Like, you've told the story from the beginning. You know, Mm -hmm. you, the the Canucks had been very open and and very, you know, about everything. So I, I got it. Yeah, and people deserve to know, like, I think it does, it's due diligence to say, like, this is what happens when you come back now. Like, this is yeah, what this the is players, what players look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're if we're going to talk about, like, how they got it and then the, like, the aftermath. what's going on while they have it, you have to talk about the aftermath exactly. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that's the most, that's the one thing that is, uh, I don't know, like, the thing that people don't really grasp. That's the thing that people don't grasp the most is the, that this disease doesn't only affect you while you have it. It impacts you for the rest of your life. Long term effects. Exactly. Right. You could have like future breathing problems, future heart problems. Like we don't know what the full mm-hmm. consequences is, are of having it. And if they had it as bad as we believe they did, then who knows how they're going to be for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's important for them to be there and, and report on what's happening. Um, in real time as they go through the aftermath of this disease. So hopefully that gets fixed because obviously contractually they have to because of the CBA. But mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm gonna be watching I I mean obviously because I watch the Leafs, I'm gonna be watching those games. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just I and like Vancouver was already kind of like the team that people were criticizing and like they were a big question mark because of their playoff run, but then they couldn't they didn't pick up where they left off. So I just hope that this whole thing, like, is a lesson to people. At the same time, I also hope that the NH, like, I hope it's a lesson to the NHL. I don't know. I just hope this, I hope this is a situation where it doesn't get worse before it gets better. Agreed. Um, so, uh, on a lighter note to wrap things up, um, Patrick Marlowe tonight will tie Gordie Howe for the most NHL games ever played. That's insane. Tonight. Tonight, this is 1,767th NHL game. That's insane. Crazy. And I will, and I said this to Jen, but I want to share a very crazy, mind-blowing stat. Patrick Marlowe. Okay, this is from, uh, I saw this from Jonathan Becher. Beecher. I don't know how you say his last name, but he's, he's a, um, he's the president of the Sharks and Barracuda, uh, which is their AHL team. He said... Patrick Marlowe of the Sharks has appeared in at least one game with 37% of 
of every <laughs> NHL <laughs> player who's ever played in the 104-year history of the league. I did see that one. 37% of NHL players have shared ice with Patrick Marlowe. That broke me. That fully broke yeah, me. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And the other one that I saw, because isn't he going to, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he, is he going to break the record against Vegas? Or are they involved in some way? Or uh, let me look at the schedule. Or is it just like Sharks. the tweet that I saw? Because what I saw, it was like, oh, Patrick Marleau is going to play in this game. Vegas won't play this many games in their history until like 2045 <laughs> or something. Oh my and so God. I don't know if it was just a comparison um, or if they're playing Vegas. No, they're playing okay. Uh, okay, Minnesota, so Minnesota tonight. Okay. Oh, no, I'm in the wrong month. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I, was, well, I just didn't know if it was a comparison. No, it is not. against Vegas. It is against okay, Vegas. So that's so exactly playing, why they said it. So tonight they're playing Minnesota. I was right that they're playing Minnesota tonight, but I was looking <laughs> you at the got wrong that one. Yeah, they're playing Minnesota back-to-back Saturdays, but they're playing Minnesota tonight, and then they're in Vegas So he's going to break the record Monday. against... Okay, that's why it was like, yeah, Vegas won't play their whatever game until like 2045 okay, or so something. He was, he was drafted second overall in 1997. Okay, I was was one years old. (laughs) I was not even one years old yet. I was, I was like six, like seven months old. And then there's you know Jen, who wasn't even a. I was not even in the mind. I was about to say, was not even a thought. I was six six years before I was born. I think math. Yeah, feeling old. Uh, yeah, he's seen. Multiple expansions, Patrick Marlowe. He's seen it all, man. He he oh truly God. has seen it all. He truly has seen it. And he has, and he's adopted stuff. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews along the way. The friends he made along the way. What if the real Patrick Marlowe was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> That's it. That's the one. <laughs> That's oh the title God. right there. We've had some good the jokes. Patrick, Patrick Marlowe was the friend. The real Patrick Marlowe. Well, the real Patrick Marlowe. Please stand up. So I Google Patrick Marlowe. One of the first questions is, as people also ask, how much money does Patrick Marlowe make? Um, well, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Years. More and, than me. And right now, it's what played... he makes is way less than what he's made before. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, he's I just can't, like, that, but... I think it's so crazy that he's going to play more games than Gordy Gordie Howe. Man, I know, I think hockey. Patrick Marlowe wouldn't have been the name I would have thought of. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty this crazy. This is crazy. I, but, you know, I, has been I think him, I think him and Joe Thornton will be two of the greatest that never won a cup. I, I mean, agree. unless Toronto miraculously wins the cup this year. But, <laughs> I mean, it, what a crazy career. Oh, I yeah. Just, yeah. But I thought that stat was insane. Mm-hmm. Like just thinking about yeah. the sheer amount of NHL players that have shared. Like I said to Jen, like 37%, like you don't think about it that much, but that's like scary close to half. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like that that's closer to half than it is to zero. Yeah, it is to zero, exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. It's like three thousand players or something. You've seen three it's three thousand nine out of eighty eighty one hundred. That's insane the fact that only 8,000 8,100 players have only played in the have ever played in the NHL is kind of crazy to start with and then the fact that 3,000 of them have played on the same ice as Patrick Marlowe is crazy yeah crazy crazy town all all love to Patty Marlowe all love (laughs) all love to Patrick Marlowe we love him he's like the NHL's dad I was about to say huge dad energy 
Carolina Hurricanes legend Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> we we could say legend before Patrick Marlowe for like every team. Like <laughs> Yeah, even though he actually never played for the Hurricanes, they just pay his salary. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. That was an intense week. This was has been an intense week. Yeah. Um, but we I think we 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 did good. We talked about We a lot. did good. We did good, guys. I'm proud of you. I felt so funny um, today. I feel like we had You jokes. were on a roll today, Jared. My My other joke I wanted to make was when, when we were talking about Buffalo. Um, have you guys ever seen... It's like an old wrestling video. It's like the Scott Steiner numbers promo where he's like, if you take my 66 and a third chance, you take this book... Okay, well, people might know the video. They're, at the end, he goes, the numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster for you. And I was gonna say that about Buffalo when they got mathematically eliminated. I mean, Buffalo is a disaster. Yeah, the numbers um, don't lie. The mathematical the numbers, playoff numbers do math, not lie. The math does not lie. And they spell <sighs> disaster for you, Buffalo. 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 Well, no. Hopefully, it's the last time we talk about them. Yeah, really. I think this was our for tour de force in our Buffalo Sabers saga. <laughs> And we can say goodbye to them forever. <laughs> and we'll say goodbye to you, to all of you listening. Um, so you can follow us at Pucker Up Sports on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Um, and you can also uh, check out our written content at PuckerUpSports.com. Um, yeah. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.